0: Hello, hello! Welcome back. It's Leading Woman in Tech time. I hope you're having a spectacular day, a spectacular summer. At the point of recording this, where I am in the UK is just experiencing a very, very uncomfortable heatwave. And I know from many of the amazing, extraordinary women working with me all around the world that much of the world is experiencing heatwave right now. I know North America and much of Europe is in a very unpleasant situation. While there have also recently been floods in Australia. So none of us are doing very well. (laughs) I hope wherever you are in the world that you are staying cool or warm, depending on what you need right now, taking care of you, your loved ones, and your mindset, because your mindset helps you deal with these things as well as making you an extraordinary leader. So I just wanted to pop that one in here. But today we're talking about consistency and how consistency can really drive your success. But before we do, I just want to point out that consistency is one key piece of executive presence. If you are working on your executive presence right now, or if you listen to this episode and you're like, oh gosh, this is like the tip of the iceberg. I need to go work on this. Do not forget that I have a mini course just for you over on my shop. Go to tonyqualis.com forward slash shop. The link to the executive presence course is actually in the show notes. It's a bit of a longer URL, which I'm not going to say on the podcast but please do head over there and take a peek if you are interested. It's just a really good way to shortcut progress to executive presence. But without further ado, let's talk how building consistency in your habits, your processes, your practices, everything we do really builds momentum and therefore success. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. Consistency is a driver for success. We need to be consistent in how we show up. You are already consistent. You probably show up to work every day, whether that's your home office turning on your laptop, you're showing up or going into an office. You have consistency. The more consistency we have in key core processes, habits, daily life practices, the more you're going to make sure that you're showing up. And It becomes easy. Think about it. One of the most consistent habits you likely have, or two of them, are getting out of bed in the morning and brushing your teeth. Now, at certain points in your life, you've probably struggled with both of those. Most three and four-year-olds struggle with brushing their teeth. (laughs) I say this as an aunt (laughs) whose niece and nephew have both gone through a phase of, I don't want to brush my teeth. Why should I brush my teeth? And it is a bit of a battle (laughs) to get them to brush their teeth. And there are adults who also struggle to brush their teeth because they haven't got that consistency in the habit. For many of us, brushing our teeth is something we don't even think twice about. It is delegated to the unconscious part of our brain. It just happens. The same is true with getting out of bed. And again, there are reasons in our lives. For me, it's when I'm on vacation or when I've just been struggling. I've got off a long-haul flight. Thankfully, that's not happened for a few years now. But lots of reasons why sometimes I don't get out of bed. Sometimes there are more serious issues. If that's you, give yourself a lot of grace. I'm just giving getting out of bed as an example here. But most of us, when we're in a healthy, our mental health is on point, we've taken care of ourselves, we've got a good night's sleep. Getting out of bed is a habit that is not very much effort. We have consistency. We get out of bed, even though I like to stay in that bed later at weekends, right? <laughs> Those are both drivers for success. You have to get out of bed to do things. It drives success. If you don't brush your teeth, it can cause things like heart disease, Alzheimer's. I mean, the list of things that are related to poor dental hygiene is like going sky high as we begin to understand the membranes in our mouth. That's like a whole different conversation. (laughs) But it's a part of success, right? What if you could use these unconscious processes, you've delegated to your unconscious habit to drive every aspect of your success? You actually already do this. You probably have maybe to-do lists or you have habits that mean you check your emails regularly. Now, as with all habits, sometimes they can get a bit overboard and emails are one of those. Your emails, if you're anything like me, can take up an entire day. Certainly when I was an executive in my first executive role, I was getting a thousand emails a day. That is a full-time job. (laughs) That's why many executives have an executive assistant. I didn't at the time. And it would have been very easy for me in the time. There were indeed days where I did fall into this trap, where I went from having a good, healthy habit that built momentum. I had to respond to emails as part of my job, to emails controlling what I did with my waking hours, and therefore not actually getting the right work done. When we have the right kind of consistency, it is a critical driver for success. It allows us to develop discipline and self-control. And if you know discipline and self-control is one core component of executive presence. And it's that dedication to our goals and having that focus, that consistency of discipline and accountability or self-accountability. I'm a big believer in self-accountability. I think we need to let go of this idea that somebody else should hold us accountable. I really hate that. I know a lot of coaching is about holding somebody accountable. I don't think that sets you up for success, personally. I personally believe that we need self-accountability. We need to know how to hold ourselves accountable because you're not always going to have somebody there going, why haven't you done that? But it also creates responsibility. That re- self-responsibility that goes hand in hand with consistency is key. You're going to quickly be able to improve developments of a skill if you're consistent. We've all heard that thing, 10,000 hours, what it takes to become a master of something. There is some debate over that, but one thing is true. You need to be consistent. You need to have put the time and effort in. That's how we become great at something. Many people who have known me from before I became a leadership coach ask me, how did I become so great at all this leadership information and coaching? And I'm like, well, you know what? Consistency. (laughs) I have spent a lot of hours researching it, understanding it, practicing my coaching. Coaching doesn't just happen overnight. I've taken years to get to this point. I've had consistency. Now, I've also had the driver to be consistent. I'm excited by what I do. You all know this. I love Monday mornings. I want every single one of you to love Monday mornings. I think if we could all find a role, a job, where we're excited about Monday mornings, the human race would be in such a better place. And I believe it's truly possible for every single one of us. When we're consistent, we get to have that ability to stand out and be noticed. Be called out for being good at something. Consistency is also important from a leadership point of view and something I don't think we talk about enough because it isn't just consistency in your self-discipline, your processes, your practices for your daily life that build that momentum. Consistency is also about how you build your leadership values and your trust. As a leader, you need to be consistent in how you show up, in how you chat with people, consistency in your values in your mission statement in holding people to the same mission to the same goals actually even consistency in direction I've worked with bosses who seem to do a 180 every week and I'm like what am I supposed to be doing that erodes trust so quickly what if you had just were consistent in every aspect of your life what would that mean to you Sometimes it feels easier to just let the day flow around us, flow over us, let life evolve and develop and, and enjoy that feeling, right? Here's the problem with that. A lot of the time, we think that freedom comes from that space of being able to make decisions on the fly. The problem with that is that everything you do is a decision, everything you approach, everything that takes your time. Every time you decide to just let things happen to you, there's a decision. Every single one of those it has a decision-making cost associated with it. Even if you're like, I just want to go with the flow, you're still being bombarded by 60,000 decisions every day. Part of consistency is allowing yourself to have decisions made for you. Like You delegate to your subconscious certain decisions, like brushing your teeth and getting out of bed, You've delegated them. <laughs> and what we want to do is by putting structure in our lives, this is actually a core part of how we're going to build consistency. If we put structure in our lives, we're actually going to have more freedom because we're going to spend less energy making decisions. More decisions are going to be made by our unconscious. They are just what happens. You do this all the time anyway. Your brain is not telling your heart to beat, your brain is not telling you to breathe. Well, for most of us, <laughs> okay? it is just working. The more that we can delegate to our unconscious, and I'm not saying brushing your teeth is the equivalent of breathing and your heart beating, it's not, but it's getting some way there. It's almost like a non-decision and it massively reduces your decision fatigue because it's a non-decision. It's basically already made on a permanent loop. That's the place we want to get to in order to show up for all these benefits of developing consistency. Well, let's just dig deeper. What is consistency then? Well, first of all, it is the ability to do things reliably on repeat, as I've mentioned, consistently to a dedicated activity in some way. There are other definitions out there for what consistency is, but for right now, especially from a leadership perspective, I want us to consider that consistency is the ability to rely on repetition Unconsciously to get things done. It's building those habits, right? The other thing that happens as we build consistency, consistency in our actions, is we build three other things discipline, accountability, and self responsibility. One could argue that they're all interrelated. I'm not saying one comes before the other, but all four of those things consistency, discipline, accountability, and self responsibility are so intertwined that as you develop in one of these areas, you're necessarily going to be developing in the others. And this is what creates a fabulous outcome for you. Now, discipline, self-responsibility are actually what I would argue creates the consistency. You need to have the discipline. You need to have some form of self-accountability, responsibility to yourself to say, I'm, I'm gonna get out of my chair, I'm gonna do that. And <laughs> becomes a self-reinforcing cycle. You build one, you develop it, you hone it, you refine it, and you'll find that it's easier next time. So the first time you decide to get up off the sofa and go for a run, which by the way, I'm using it as an example because I struggle with this one. I am yet to build the habit of exercise. I'm just going to be open and honest about that one. But if you struggle with anything, the first time you do it, it's really, really hard. The next time, maybe it's the same, but after you've done it five times, those first five times really require that discipline that responsibility to yourself and your goals but after five times the barrier to participation is a little bit lower which means your consistency is going to go up right so you have to like work at these things repetitively and it becomes a self-reinforcing cycle to build those habits and processes and practices into your daily life that helps you in this broadest sense to build discipline same thing is true with getting down to work in the morning So many people come to work with me because they're burnt out in some way. And when we dig into things, they're getting to work in the morning, but they aren't getting down to the crucial work in the morning. How many of you, the first thing you do in the morning is your emails? I can guarantee you that is not a good use of your brain power first thing in the morning. But for many of us, it feels like the only thing we know how to do. And I've had so many reasons thrown at me why it is the first thing we do. Some of it is external. We are told that we have to. Very, very few companies actually mandate it when we get into it. A lot of that is our brain reinforcing an expectation on ourselves. But when we can build a discipline of learning how to do something else in the morning, after five or six or 10 days of doing that, your brain is going to have let go of this urge, this desire that we have. It's almost like a drug, but actually it is, it's a hormone. (laughs) You get a dopamine release every time you open your emails. It takes a while for you to break that dependency on that drug to get going. And suddenly you can start building processes and practices that build a discipline of doing something else in the morning. And the best thing to do in the morning is something that requires your creative juices because first thing in the morning, you're more creative. If you throw your creativity at your email inbox, you're going to be in your email inbox all day. (laughs) I can guarantee it. Or at least tackling what's in your email inbox for the majority of the day if instead the night before you made a decision what you were going to work on because it needs your creativity, you're going to sit down and deal with something that actually is going to benefit from your creativity and leave your email inbox until the afternoon when your creativity and your decision making is at a lower level of ability. You're going to leave that until the afternoon where your decision making and creativity is just operating at a lower, less positive level. Now, as I'm hinting at here, this is a muscle, a muscle that you need to develop to hold yourself accountable. Again, think about brushing your teeth. When you were three or four years old, you probably did not like doing this. (laughs) And I will admit there are times when I've come off a long-haul flight and I haven't brushed my teeth. I get, you know, a couple of hours past when I would normally have done it. I thought, oh my goodness, my mouth just feels horrible. Three and four-year-olds don't think that way. (laughs) They just think, I don't want to have anything to do with brushing my teeth. At some point, we get so used to what this discipline, this muscle, this experience and the outcomes we get from it feel like that we can't help but do it. My sister will tell me the same thing is true of exercise. I am yet to hit that milestone with exercise. Hopefully, some of you have hit that and so therefore you've got that experience. I certainly have that with the way I operate at work. I love my work. I adore it. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I have lots of downtime. I really take care of myself. Mindset to me is part of my daily job. Some people would think that's a really strange thing to say, but it really is. I include that in my working hours because I believe my mindset allows me to do my job better. Not everybody has that luxury, I know. But to me, I have that same buzz from getting work done. Like, I just adore what I do. I don't live for my job. Although I think I'm pretty close to it. (laughs) I'm not saying that's a healthy thing either. But you can start seeing how when you build in a habit and a process, something great happens. Consistency is a superpower. Let's talk about how we build this. I want you to start with taking small steps. Because small steps are going to be needed to make the major changes happen. You need to decide the big thing you want. I need to break it into small pieces. So, for example, the classic again is, and like, I know this one because it's something I every now and then I go back to. I want to start going to the gym, or I want to start, you know, running, or whatever it is. All the habit making gurus out there will tell you the most important thing is to start breaking that down into small habits. Start by getting used to putting your workout clothes on first thing in the morning. So start by putting your workout clothes by your bed last thing at night and getting dressed in it. Do not exercise. Just build the habit of getting dressed in your workout clothes and then getting changed into your work clothes an hour later or something like that. Then you lay on the next piece of the habit. You decide, I am going to now drive to the gym if that's what you're going to do. I actually know somebody who did this. They literally drove to the gym, got out of the car and got back in the hard car and drove home. They did that for three weeks before they walked into the gym. That meant by the time they're actually trying to do the hard bit, what we all view as the hard bit, which is the exercise, they already have the habit of getting dressed, going to the gym and driving back home again. There was suddenly less of a barrier to participation. So I have to think about this. What process or habit do you want at work? What would make things easier for you? What smart goals have you set that you want to achieve? How can you break that down into smaller pieces? So for example, if it is you want to do an hour's deep work every day, or maybe I might my want mind, half a day's deep work, a couple of times a week, that would be amazing. <laughs> the first thing to understand is what is deep work? Well, deep work is a really focused state. I can guarantee you, if you aren't in the habit of doing deep work and you haven't built that discipline, that muscle, and it is a muscle, that if you rock up to your computer, open up your laptop and say, I'm going to do deep work for half a day, you are going to get to the last 20 minutes and think, holy heck, what did I just do? I've just been scrolling on Facebook or <laughs> just been reading Twitter, <laughs> right? It isn't going to work. You need to decide how are you going to build this momentum towards half a day of deep work? You need to write that down. The first thing I'd suggest is you need to get into the habit of deciding the night before what you're going to work on in the next morning. And then you want to give yourself 20 minutes of, I'm just going to try and work on that. I even have the timer exercise for the amazing women in the academy, where I will say to them, like, if you're struggling to get down to work, set yourself a timer for 10 minutes and tell yourself at the end of those 10 minutes, I get to go and have breakfast, make a hot drink, eat a bar of chocolate, like give yourself something to look forward to. And just tell yourself 10 minutes. Once the time goes off, I'm allowed to leave the desk. It is amazing what can happen when you give yourself that challenge of, I'm just going to do 10 minutes. When you're faced with three hours, your brain's like, I've got all the time in the world (laughs) and it doesn't want to get down to business. So it's really, really worth taking that time to break this down to small baby steps. Take the gym analogy. How can you break it down into like, what is the first thing I'd have to do to get to the point where I'm doing half a day's deep work? Do not start putting half a day's deep work in your calendar, my love. You are almost certainly going to fail and you're going to get really miserable about it. Maybe the first thing you need to do is figure out how you're going to actually decide what to do in that deep work time. Sometimes that's a really hard thing to do and something we don't always get right. Once you've broken that down into smaller pieces, I want you to set each piece as a smart goal. How long is it going to take you? How are you going to measure success? Give yourself a time frame. So like three to four weeks is a great time to build a habit. The first week is going to be really hard. Do not expect to build a habit in less than a week unless you're doing it multiple times a day. And even then, I think after a week, our brains sort of like have a bit of thing. Then I want you to take those smart goals and create yourself a schedule to stay on track. Block time in your calendar to work on this. Block time on your calendar to work on your goals. Maybe that's the first habit to build. Then I want you to actually look at how you're going to overcome the obstacles. Classic obstacles are your mindset and your environment. What does your brain tell you when you're trying to do this thing? So for me, with exercise, it's like, I just, I want to go and do something else instead. (laughs) A lot of the time, I will tell myself all sorts of stories about all the other things I should be doing instead of exercising, which when I actually then end up reading a book on the sofa, I'm not entirely sure all my brain's doing the right thing. So a lot of it is mindset work. The other piece of this is environment work. So the putting your gym clothes by the bed and training yourself to get in the car, those are two things you need to deal with to challenge your environment. So for me, I could never do deep work in an office. I really struggle with this. For the years I was forced to go into the office, which was many, many years. I could not focus. I am such an introvert that I just couldn't deal like somebody walking past my office door and for many of those years. I was lucky enough to have my own office, but somebody walking past my office door, oh my goodness me, so stressful. And I just realized that I wasn't going to do deep work in the office. So I negotiated to work from home one day a week and I set my homework environment to be very calming. I cleared my calendar. That was something else I would do later. I didn't realize I needed to clean my calendar on the days I was working from home. So I cleared my calendar and then from there, I then have just the mindset barriers, like getting down to the actual deep work but i couldn't even get to that point if i hadn't dealt with the environmental barriers first the next thing to do is to build in a schedule for tracking how is progress check in with yourself once a day once a week at least once a week when i do strategy execution workshops which is some of my favorite topics the minimum cadence for checking in on whether or not you're still working on the strategy rather than the whirlwind of day-to-day operations, the minimum cadence is weekly. Depending on what it is, you might even need to go as much as daily. So I would say this applies to you too. If you want to build more consistency, momentum, and habits in the way you operate, you need to be checking in with yourself. You need a daily or a weekly check-in. So many of my clients, one of the things we do in Slack is we set up a workflow to check in on something as we're building a habit. Whether that is habits around executive presence or improvements, whether it's around checking emails or just how they're communicating with their teams, we will build check-ins to manage their progress and review it regularly. Because you, at some point, unless you're a superhuman You are going to fall off the bandwagon, my love. Do not make that wrong. This is actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is the mindset tip. Let's do the mindset tip for the day. You are going to fall off the bandwagon. That is your leadership mindset insight for the week. You are going to. This is not bad. This is not wrong. You are a human being. It's okay. What you need to do is rather than saying, oh my God, I've fallen off the bandwagon. I just have to give up. I'm a complete failure You say, I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to start again. Do not make that wrong. Do not make that wrong. It is not wrong, not at all wrong. What's wrong is when we then just give up and don't go back to it. So I want you to remind yourself of the process you went through to get to where you are. And although that might be daunting, maybe you've been doing something for six months and you're so proud of yourself, And you go on a week's holiday and you're back to firefighting first thing in the morning rather than doing deep work. It happens. I want you to lean into the fact that yes, you might need to go back to the start, but you are going to get through this so much faster. Every time you build that habit another time, it's going to get back to it super quickly. The one time I forget to brush my teeth when I come off a plane doesn't mean I'm never going to brush my teeth again (laughs) okay it doesn't mean I get to bedtime or and I think oh I can't be bothered to brush my teeth I didn't do it yesterday I'm not gonna do it today either oh god I need to go back to being a four-year-old it doesn't work that way but I think sometimes we hold ourselves back from building these habits or getting back on the bandwagon because we remember how hard it was to learn this habit in the first place you don't feel that way about brushing your teeth because you've likely forgotten how hard it was to learn to brush your teeth believe me your parents have not forgotten (laughs) they remember very clearly how many arguments they had with you about brushing your teeth so i really want you to provide yourself with the opportunity to give yourself a lot of grace and say hey i've got proof that i can do this because i've already done it rather than oh my gosh i failed and i'm back to zero this is something i really don't agree with i mean i'm not an alcoholic i never have been thank god But this whole alcoholics approach to how many days sober, I know why it's done, but it also says I'm back to zero rather than celebrating out of the last 30 years, I've had 29.9 years of sobriety. That's something to celebrate rather than saying I'm on day three. You're not on day three. You're on day three of the 10th time you've done this and you've only had seven days in the last 30 years when you didn't that's worth celebrating. So that's your mindset shift for the week. But if you are checking in reviewing regularly, the final piece of this is to ask for help and notice any triggers. Triggers take us off track. So for triggers for me are things like going on vacation. Now I am not not going on vacation but a lot of my habits go out of the window on vacation. (laughs) But if you actually look at that you can see Some other things that might trigger you while you are not on vacation. So for me, a trigger is if I don't get up when my alarm goes off, some of my habits just go out the window. I know there's a benefit to getting up when my alarm goes off because if I don't, there's a bit of a cascade through the day. Now, I do not make that wrong. I do sometimes just stay in bed and I love it. But if you can notice any triggers that may take you off track, if you're doing that check-in and review and you can see what's taking you off track a little bit, you might decide you need to change your environment in some way. Like for me, coming home to do my deep work at home. And then the final piece here, is celebrate your successes. And I really, truly mean this. It's incredibly important to celebrate how far you've come. Keep a journal of building this stuff and keep a journal of like how, where you started. Go back and read that from time to time. You might be surprised how great it feels when you realize you've been brushing your teeth for most of your life. (laughs) All right. However you decide to apply today's trainings, remember that this applies to everything you do. Yes, I'm coming at it with a leadership lens, whether you are building habits and your consistency, handling your emotions, preparing for meetings, influencing your fellow leaders, how you interact with your team, doing deep work, all that sort of stuff. But even if you just take this and you just make small tweaks to your life, even if you do what I'm still trying to do and you become fitter, do not make that wrong. Just celebrate the fact that you're on a journey to always building more and better. And I think every year should get better in our lives. Yes, we get older, but every year we have more experience and we have the opportunity to do more precisely because of this kind of work. If you've enjoyed today's show, of course, these are the conversations I love to dive into during my Lit Up Leadership Academy trainings. Please do come on over, join us. It's a monthly membership where we just dive into all things leadership and all the toolkits you need to become a great leader to accelerate your career. is isn't just leadership, it's also the career piece of it. Go check out tonycollis.com forward slash academy to find out all the details on joining Lit Up Leadership Academy. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.